Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. And we're live, baby. We are live. Welcome to Leatherbrains. As always, your host, Slapdog, and we have a full house today. We, of course, it is Monday for those of you who are listening live. If you're not listening live, it is Tuesday. Uh, Alan Casanova Castro joining us. Welcome aboard, Alan. Happy to have you here today. Yes, sir. We're all back. We're, We're here. We're all back. And then Scotty Del Rey's making an appearance. Scotty has been doing a lot of the back end writing. Nice. His fingers, yeah, he, he does some back end. <laughs> a lot of back end uh, his fingers. He's doing, doing a lot of back end shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it's, it's good to have you here, Scotty. We're happy to have you here. It's been a while, I think, since you so you've been on with uh, with a group of people. So it's good to have producer Scotty in the building. Yes, gentlemen. Sir. Some NFL things happen, but before we go down that road, I have to ask you a question. Hmm. Have you tried the new Tostinos? chips the habanero flavored chips they're absolutely delicious and i if not highly recommend you do that. no free ads this is not a we are not endorsed by tostitos but they are freaking delicious so i'm just telling you guys if you haven't tried them they're they're, they're tostitos tostitos i'm gonna tell you right now they are the best chip they're better than they're better than doritos they're better well, than, are they better than oh. on the border um okay so they're different right because these are like they're tostitos chips and chips. i think that they're yes i think that they are like they advertise like oh you can dip them and stuff they're you don't need to dip them in anything they're just so like it would be different because on the border chips while i would eat them i'm gonna say raw while i would eat them <laughs> nice. raw, I, <laughs> we're big fans of raw around here i'm looking at the bag i'm they're looking at, they look like doritos they, they look they like do. circle doritos Scotty, we didn't hear anything that you said you yeah, broke. I know. I, I'm also having internet issues, so I might do that from time to time. I did an okay. internet speed yeah. test, and it said, your internet is just fine. I said, oh. okay. <laughs> for what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> know. For, for re your was... internet's just fine for receiving an email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really interested to hear what you had to say about whatever you you were about to say. Oh, I was going, I was, I went on to say that I have a bag of on-the-border chips sitting right next to me. I was eating raw just the other day. You were raw dogging some border chips. Nice. They're definitely better with salsa, but they're yeah. just, they're, they're good raw. Oh, they are good. And like Headline I of think... this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tocitos chips. No, the habanero, baby. If you guys like a little spice, I am telling you, they are the best flavored chip I think I've ever had. Like I I'm looking the, at them I, right now. They're very good. I highly recommend them. They're no free ads. This they're is not Snap and EBT eligible, if you're wondering. So I don't know that's what that good. means, but they are spicier than shit, and they're absolutely delicious. And honestly, you don't need to dip anything with them. You can raw dog that bag of chips, and you will absolutely, uh, uh, you would adore yourself while consuming mm. them. All right. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, we had the divisional right. round weekend. There was some. There's quite a few stories, quite a few narratives that I think we need to explore today. Did anybody else have anything that they wanted to bring to the table before we actually start talking about NFL football? Uh, he is bad, man. Matt, I hope he's doing okay over there. Matt, yeah, he looks like he's Look, got this lazy eyes. Hold on, this should be a lesson. What we need, what this podcast needs, is a good sponsor. Number one, we need to fix his internet. Yeah, we. You know. So this this podcast is yearning for any kind of sponsor at all. I don't care who it is. We'll even play those Burger King Whopper Whopper commercials Dude, every 30 seconds if we need to. They 
have some of welcome back scotty they do have some of the best marketing he just left again he doesn't want to be a part of this um <laughs> this episode's in burger shambles king, i know it is absolutely in shambles uh burger king has the best marketing though every time that commercial comes on and it's like a joke because it's like at the worst time ever those commercials come on yeah you sing it every time i sing it every time i don't know if you also sing it every time but i end up like bk no so I don't know if I don't know if I've ever said this out. I don't wa I generally don't put sound on when I'm watching the game. Are you a maniac or are you insane? No, I know what I'm watching. I can <laughs> see what I see. I don't need I don't need like Joe Buck or anybody else to tell me what's going on. Like I just I know. Joe Buck so is I generally not, Joe Buck is not the worst our like narrator though. I would No. Tony Romo takes the cake for me. I can't stand him. No. I can't stand and he him. doesn't he didn't do Josh Allen any favors, giving him the nickname Mr. January. And now everybody's piling on the bills like, oh, he's Mr. January. He's Mr. January. And the Bills fans, if you read, they're like, fuck, we never asked for that nickname. Yeah, like, what are you doing? You, Tony Romo, you just <laughs> screwed us you over, doing? man. Oh, well, it's God. the same with Collinsworth and, and yeah. Mahomes yeah. that we have to deal with. Like, that's why I don't listen. Like, so I don't listen. So everybody's like freaking, oh, can you believe he said that? I'm like, no, because I'm not even listening. So I don't well, really care. And Scotty's not here at the moment, which is actually beneficial for what I'm about to say. I don't mind like Kirk Herbstreet. I don't mind her Kirk Herbstreet. I think there's other worse people out there. I really he's do. like he's like a, he's like he's like bread, just like plain white bread. And I'm I don't fine. mean that in I any like racial bread. sense other than just it's just yeah, it's, it's just, just bread. It's just, it's there's not nothing on it. It's not toasted. There's, it doesn't have any oats no. on it. It's just a plain old it's slice of bread. bread. It's and just that's bread. Like, it serves its purpose. It yeah. is okay. Yeah. It doesn't annoy you too much. It's just yeah, kind of there. But there's bread out there that I don't fucking like. And it's, its name is Tony Romo. I can't fucking stand <laughs> Tony Romo. I can't stand he's the, the dude. He's the double wrapped bread that has like yeah. clusters in it that you're like have to crunch through bread. Yeah. As you're eating and every, like you get a knife out to try and cut it and it just makes a fucking mess everywhere. That's Tony yeah. Romo in a nutshell Christy, or in a bread shelf rather. Christy, Christy buys that stuff for the kids and it's really? and I try to eat it and I'm like, this is awful. What happened to just like Wonder Bread? What happened yeah. to just like shit? <laughs> I can just. <laughs> like, this isn't good for you, but it tastes. No, fine. it's you much better okay. sandwich yeah. overall. Yeah. So maybe we can get sponsored by Wonder Bread. Maybe they Wonder Bread, Tostinos, anybody. We were looking for sponsorships because Scotty's yeah. internet is horrible. So yeah, he's down bad. He's down really bad. Let's start talking about it, Alan. Let's. Uh, are you ready to get down to some business? Let's do it. All right. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. I'm actually kind of sad that Scotty's not here to kick this one off because I, I had, and I think part of the reason he joined us today is because he wanted to talk about this game. I have two resident Chiefs fans here. Chiefs Jags, baby, 27 to 20. Chiefs get the win. What a game. You know, we kind of called this. We we talked about this last week, both on and off the, the show, and we talked about how close this game was potentially going to be. Like, the Jaguars do look like a pretty damn good team. They keep things interesting. The Chiefs have not been firing on every single cylinder as of recently. And, uh, and then, of course, you have the Patrick Mahomes injury. So, I mean, you as a Chiefs fan, what what is going through your head right now? That's kind of like every Chiefs game this year. It's mm -hmm. like, start out good, some shit happens for two and a half quarters, and then the Chiefs end it. And it's like, it's always that same formula, and that was the formula for this game. Um. I mean, I'm not going to say if Pat was healthy the whole time that this wouldn't have been a bigger deal because Henny, our boy, he led a drive of 98 yards, and that was very, yep. very well, very needed, very well done. Honestly, I think if that drive doesn't happen, 
uh, I think that game goes this, much differently for the this, Chiefs because yeah. I think th- I think everybody stops believing that they can win at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jags were the Jags. I mean, they, there was blood in the water. You could tell, and they yeah. wanted it, and they yeah. were pressing on the gas. So I think the Chiefs. I wouldn't say they're lucky. I think it shows that they can win in different ways. They can win when Mahomes seems to snap his leg in half and nobody knows what's going on and they can kind of keep it together for a little bit, which in pressure playoff situations is different than week two. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a win. It was the Jags not riding too much into it. Uh, They were the better team on paper. They did win. I mean, that was kind of that was it. Well, I, I mean, of course, you've got Patrick Mahomes. He suffered a high ankle sprain early in this game, and he left the game for maybe that half of a quarter right before halftime. And like you mentioned, Henny ended up uh, doing a 98-yard drive for a touchdown. But Patrick Mahomes was clearly in pain throughout the because the, he forced himself to – he said, I'm going in. There was some sideline views of him audibly, you know – I'm, I'm sure there was some cuss words in there and some profanity and uh, quote unquote, I am fucking going in this game, him yelling at Andy Reed. Um, he went into the <laughs> tunnel. So there was a lot of speculation going into halftime is, is Patrick Mahomes, Scotty, welcome back, brother. Uh, we're talking about the chiefs game. So welcome. This is a good time for you to be here. But the question at hand is like, what does this look like next week? Because, very obviously, he came out at the end of the second quarter, or starting the second quarter, or second half, Jesus. And he was playing on it. And he did not look like 100%. No. You didn't see the mobile side of Patrick Mahomes that is able to extend plays with his feet. He was very injured in the pocket. He did he did okay, but he didn't look like the the late and great Patrick Mahomes that is able to, to kind of wear the magician's hat. So what does this look like going into next week? Because I think that's what a lot of people are really concerned about. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You look ahead to, and I know we'll talk about the Bills and the Bengals, but they get the Bengals next. And mm-hmm. everything the Bengals do well, the Chiefs do not or mm-hmm. have question marks. Their tackles are terrible. And the Bengals have two amazing edge rushers. And if Mahomes is a statue, it's going to have to be short, quick passing, which may yeah. not be the worst thing in the world because every time they played the Bengals, they like to have these long, drawn out passing plays. So. I don't know. I, I'm not very optimistic. A fully healthy Mahomes, I wouldn't be like super optimistic about this game anyways. And I know I said it in the group chat. I'm going to drop a considerable amount of money on the money line for the Bengals. I got to hedge my happiness. Gross. And Gross. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I did. I think they're going to win. I mean, I thought they were going to win anyways if we had to play them. Perhaps. Yeah, the Bengals. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I don't like the matchup. It's a bad matchup for them. For the Chiefs overall, that's I just don't. Okay, like that. but listen, listen. Think about Adam Neal. Think about too bad the Chiefs season is over. So yeah, Adam wanna... Neal. Adam Neal, you're banned from the show. You can leave. <laughs> He's a Packers uh, fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say the narrative is building in such a beautiful way. The Chiefs oh, are going to come back out. The <laughs> Chiefs are going to come back out. They have an injured star quarterback who's going to showcase his unbelievable talent despite the injury. They're coming back in a revenge game for a ticket to the Super Bowl. The narrative is writing itself. Blind optimism has been my strategy and will continue to be my strategy. I'm looking forward to it. Don't buy the juice, baby. Don't do this, Scotty, because you're yeah, I like Alan's tactic because no matter what, you choose happiness. You either you either have the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl or you get a bunch of money. And I think no, like, that's, that's a tactic for a loser. No, no. that's a tactic for a, a smart man. Because that's smart. exactly no. what I think is going to happen. The Bengals looked good, and we'll touch on that game here and as as the show progresses, but 
the Bengals looked very good. And bottom line, the Chiefs did not. That and that's just that, that is the God's mm-hmm. honest truth. They got lucky. The Jags were driving, got a fumble in the red zone. That yep. doesn't always happen. If if the Bengals don't turn the ball over, straight up, hundred percent Mahomes, this game would be difficult to win. And Bengals don't turn the ball over a ton. Not, I'm not have, not at as recently. Like Burrow's interception woes have kind of calmed down, and they're they're clicking. I mean, they got a chip 100%. on their shoulder. They're pissed off. Like. I, I hear the revenge thing, but I, I there that that other team is loaded with talent. Yeah. Yeah. Jo- J- Jones is going to get three sacks, force one fumble. Burrow is going to throw another inter- uh, an interception because of the pressure and his terrible offensive line that just so happened to do fine last week. It'll be fine. Jeez. Uh, hey, like I hope that happens. That would be cool. If, hey, clip it and ship it if it if it's. Uh, <laughs> would, <laughs> would you it would you right rather <laughs> would you rather win the money or have the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl? That's the real question for a Chiefs fan. Oh, I'd rather them go to the Super Bowl. All right, I would well, pay if you if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, Alan, two hundred fifty dollars, and the Chiefs will go to the Super Bowl." I'll be like, "Yeah, okay, I'll write that." How much? Later. How much money would that uh, question have to be before you say no? <laughs> I love this game. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say it too loud because Chrissy would probably kill me, but it's probably an exorbitant amount of money. Like four like, figures? Like, like $1,000. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I think $1,000 is easy. What about like $10,000? Uh, I wouldn't tell Christy, but yeah, I would do it. Ooh. Yeah. What yeah. What about you guarantee they win the Super Bowl? $30,000? Yeah. Yeah, that'd probably <laughs> be my max. No, I, would sell, I would sell some stock and just kind of leverage it. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't know who that money goes to. In this hypothetical, if you knew though, then you could just bet on the you could bet money line and just roll with it too. Wow. True, if I knew the out, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just get my money back by just betting. Yeah, that's fine. Nah. Um, loopholes, nah. loopholes. Yeah, the game was the game was okay. It was like I don't know. It it was very nerve wracking for a long period of it. I think the skill players came out. You saw uh, Pacheco that run where he's like, yeah. He, you could tell. Like, I wonder what he was saying to himself while he was running. Like oh he's when he was, he's somebody who talks to themselves <laughs> while they're running and he's and then he goes on the sideline and he does some cocaine and then he comes out and does it again the man does not he's just he's juice he's just all juice and it's just go 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 yeah he holds the record for the fastest shower in mankind he do, he does mm. nothing in at less than full speed nothing. yeah yeah like, they're, I, they're I gonna need that next week uh, yeah they will yeah. and I. Yeah. I'm interested. We've talked about this in preseason and, and or not preseason, but during the regular season. And we talked about the Chiefs as well as the Bills. And like I said, we are going to cover the Bills, and I'm really interested to have that conversation. But while we're focusing on the Chiefs, the Chiefs historically over the last couple of years in the Patrick Mahomes era have not been running the ball. So my question to you guys is, do we think we see more of a run-centric offensive focus this week? against the Bengals due to the fact that Patrick Mahomes will not be playing at 100%. Yeah, that's that's what we saw at the end of this game. They they ran the ball 30 times and passed the ball 27 times in this game, and that's, I would guess, in large part due to the Patrick Mahomes injury uh, in the second half. So I think we're going to see more of the same there. I think Pacheco is going to be a big part of this offense, and we're going to see a lot of one-step drops, a lot of screens, a lot of slants, that sort of thing. I, that's kind of what I'm expecting. I, I think that, and if worse comes to worse, you know, a high ankle sprain, this is not magic. That's what Patrick Mahomes has. This is not going to be healed. This is something that you don't, it does not take just a week and then you're magically all all done up and ready to go. He's going to be playing. He's going to be playing in pain. I, I look at this in two different fashions. I look at it from a, a player's perspective, not Patrick Mahomes, but his teammate. That man's got some dog in him. 
He's got some straight dog. Like he goes up to Andy Reid and says, I'm fucking playing. Get me back in there. That's a leader. That's somebody I would want to be playing with. But on the, on the flip side of the coin, how much is it going to hinder us as an it's, offense? Because, and, and that's, I think that's the fine line that, that coach Reed is going to have to ride throughout the entire game versus the Bengals. At what point uh, maybe have that thought, okay, we need to pull Patrick Mahomes because very, uh, he's not, I mean, playing at a, a high enough level that, that we're going to find success. Yeah, this happened in the Super Bowl against the Bucks, where he came in where he had that foot problem and he could barely walk on it. And we saw what happened. Like yeah. he just mm -hmm. he can't get out of the way. It's easier to to play against him because he can't create anything anymore. It has to happen on schedule or it's not happening. And a lot of what this offense does is there's one there's a couple reads, obviously, but then something happens off schedule every drive. And if he can't do that, it's I don't I'm not optimistic, I would say, as you can hear. Mm. I think that injured Patrick Mahomes is a top 20 quarterback in the league still. <laughs> I don't know. I love having Matt back. Uh, yeah, Matt's just like, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I Go love Patrick Mahomes. I love this. I love let's, this. Uh, let's lose the blind optimism for a second and talk about a different team here, the Jaguars. If you're a Jaguars fan, you are a fan of Sarah Jessica Parker, a.k.a. Sunshine, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Waffle House Daddy. <laughs> But you lose this game 27 to 20, right? If you would have told me at the very beginning of the NFL season that the Jaguars were going to be contending for the champion, the divisional championship, I would have laughed in your face. I would have been like, there's no fucking way. So very obviously, there's got to be some optimism from Jaguars fans moving into next season, right? I mean, that's is that that's a fair thing to be thinking? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I noted it in the article here, but all of the Jags offensive leaders were like are like under the age of 25 you're, you're talking about uh you know trevor lawrence zay jones etn all these young guys that led the offense as they move their postseason push um they they have no reason to be to be sad about this they are in a great position and especially if you look at where they were at this time last year uh this is like a miracle over there and i think uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of jags over the next few years yeah, Trevor Lawrence has looked great. Very obviously, I think that that we need to know that Calvin Ridley will be wearing a Jaguars uniform this upcoming season. They need wide receiver help. I, I think that is that is kind of a, a fair thing to to say. Christian Kirk got paid as wide receiver one. He's been kind of in and out of of usability for this team. At times, he shows greatness, and at times, he's nowhere to be found. Zay Jones. Is actually look pretty damn good. Obviously, Calvin Ridley's back. I want to say Zay Jones is a free agent moving into this offseason. Calvin Ridley hasn't played football in almost two years. He's kind of like Deshaun Watson in that way. So, like, you know, and I'm sure we'll cover this a lot in the offseason for fantasy football purposes, but is there some skepticism regarding Calvin Ridley? Um, Kind of. I, I would say if, if you were going to put Calvin Ridley back in the lineup on a lot of teams in the league, I would be more worried. Uh, but I think he comes in here and just as a natural talent is a wide receiver one, um, assuming that he hasn't lost like 50% of his playability. I, I think he's going to come in and make a really big impact for them, especially considering, like you said about Christian Kirk, you know, he, he had a good season. 
but not the season that's worth what they're paying him. Sure. And so I, I think him as sort of that ancillary role with a true wide receiver one there is going to benefit him as well, as opposed to him taking on all of the primary coverages and all that stuff for defenses that they play. You know, we, we saw Christian Kirk thrive when he was playing subpar secondaries. He did really, really well. But the second they start playing a pretty good defense, that's when you see him shut down and you start seeing him getting, you know, three and four receptions for 40 yards. Um, so I think it'll benefit him as well. I do think Calvin Ridley coming back is going to make a pretty big positive impact on the offense. Yeah. And then you've got Travis Etienne, of course, and and he was eaten all season. So overall, I mean, this this team, there is there is an outlook that is positive for the future. Urban Meyer did not smear this this organization <laughs> into the ground. I was and they just going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say every successful game they had towards the end of this year. How, how much worse does that look for urban every oh, time? 100%. Like 100%. every time he was more focused um, on beating the shit out of his kicker, which, you know, we'll get to Brett Maher, but maybe there's some underlying truth there. And then touching girls and bars. That was kind of Urban Meyer's focus. <laughs> Doug's a good coach. I think the Jags, I think they'll be good. You have to remember each season's in its own time capsule. Everybody wants to extrapolate and be like, oh, we made it to the divisional. Why can't we make it again? And mm -hmm. as the Bills, you know, we'll get into that game. And I know their fans are down bad, but every every season has its own thing. Every every playoff has its own matchup nightmare. And I think the Jaguars are set up, but they got to keep building. Like, I yeah. don't think they 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 snuck in. Right. It took them to the very last week to just get into the playoffs. They had a miracle comeback against the Chargers. And I think they very easily could have won this game, but it's the NFL. Like any mm -hmm. of these teams can win any of these games. Like you can see, you know, any given Sunday. Right. And, yep. and so I think they need to keep building. I think they need to keep building around Trevor. I think Calvin could be interesting, but I wouldn't rest on it. Um, but I'd be, I'm encouraged um, sure. in that division's winnable, but just kind of like tempering expectations. Like, yes, but it's not, automatic that you're just going to be in the playoffs next year either you got to keep mm -hmm. building well let's 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 change our focus here for a moment to another team that um, may or may not have some some brightness ahead of them let's move to the eagles versus the giants we'll start with the giants here giants took an absolute shellacking by the eagles 38 to 7 I think we all saw this one coming. I don't know, Scotty. You you put the article together for our lines. Did all the the brainiac daddies have uh, have the Eagles taking this one home? Yeah, yeah, we did. And and ultimately, I think you know it would have been a nice feel good story for the Giants to be real competitive in this game. But we all kind of knew that this was pretty much inevitable. And especially if you dig in a little bit closer to the Giants' schedule, especially toward the end of the season, you realize that you know they, you know, they, they beat the Commanders, um, they beat the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs, but we all know how big of frauds they are. You know, they had a lot of momentum going into the postseason, but if you look a little bit closer, it's like, well, you know, did they really beat anybody big as the teams were hitting their stride? And the answer is no. And you saw what happens when they play a true playoff team in the Eagles um, you know, it, it just didn't end well for them. For sure. And, and, you know, we talked about it last week when the Giants won against the Eagles, or the Vikings, rather. But um, the Giants, they don't, they're, they're missing a lot, of, a lot of components that they need. And I think that really showed in this game. Offensively, they have no wide receivers. So, like, they've been getting it done with Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, are both unrestricted free agents moving into this, this postseason. Um, but that's kind of where offensively they need wide receiver help. But I think that more than anything else in this, I, I saw an article and I was reading it. 
they did nothing. The entire Giants organization did nothing this year to add value. I think they had two signings, free agent signings, and that's it. That is the only roster changes from last year to this year. What did change, however, was Brian Dable, and I think that he is a true testament to what a great coach can do for an organization, and I think the outlook even for the Giants has got to be pretty fantastic. Another team that I would have been like, you're going to take Danny Dimes and Saquon, and, and you're going to compete for the divisional, like the, the division – would not have ever thought that this was going to be the case entering the season this year. So kudos to Brian Dable. Kudos to this Giants team for being able to go as far as they did with what they had. And I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen in the future for them because I think the, I think the future is bright for this Giants team as well. Yeah. Well, and here's a hot, here's a hot take too real quick before uh, Alan gives his thoughts. I, Brian Dable is the reason they lost this game. And uh, the reason for that is because he was the coach at Alabama that benched Jalen Hurts for Tua. He was the coordinator there. Yeah, it was a revenge game for Jalen Hurts. Came in and put a shellacking on him just to show him who's boss. I didn't even realize. (laughs) I hadn't crossed my mind. Damn, he did it to him. He did it to himself, really. (laughs) I didn't know that. I was All all I was going to say about, like, the Giants definitely maximized, just like I feel like the Jags did. Like, they... This was like the best they could do, right? Like you're squeezing every ounce out of it. And and what you saw was the inability to stretch the defense. We talked about their lack of wide receivers. They there they nobody was threatening over the top. They weren't threatened by anybody deep. The the Eagles have corners and safety that can match up everywhere. They were not worried. They were they were containing everything, keeping everything in front and daring them to execute. And they just they couldn't. The Giants absolutely just they could do nothing. It it took perfection to do anything against that that Eagles team. And I didn't think it was going to be 38-7. Like, we all had yeah. the Eagles winning. Like, I figured it was going to be, you know, a divisional. You know, they're, they're division opponents. They've seen each other a lot. You know, they're going to step up. They're going to have some wrinkles. Things are going to happen. But it was just an absolute ass-kicking for the Eagles. And I'm sure Eagles fans everywhere were just like, Whew, that's a great little first game for the playoffs, and let's get into the championship. <laughs> so, yeah, Kenny Galladay, uh, wide receiver, uh, absolute fraud for this organization, as Yeti had pointed out, which is true. He did o- almost nothing. I think it's time uh, for him to maybe sail off into the sunset for retirement. But they were in cap space hell, and that was problematic for the Giants. So. They're kind of under a mini rebuild. What I'm expecting, as I mentioned earlier, Saquon and Danny Dimes are unrestricted free agents. I expect both of them to return. Saquon had even come out and stated that he would like to stay with the Giants if they can make a deal happen. So there's no animosity there, bad blood whatsoever. And I think the Giants, they they need both of these players. And I think Danny Dimes is especially somebody who he's, he's not going to break the bank. He is not going to break the bank as far as quarterbacks are concerned. But he's somebody you can build around, and he's somebody that you can get some talent around, and he's shown flashes of greatness, which he hasn't with other regimes before. So I'm excited for him. I think that, that Danny Dimes could potentially be be a long-term solution for this Giants team. Yeah, they need to get some weapons, though. They need to get somebody on the outside that can stretch that defense. Otherwise, you know, next year, as we look at it from a fantasy perspective, Saquon's going to be running into, like, eight-man boxes again just mm-hmm, because yeah. nobody's nobody's worried. Nobody's worried mm-hmm. about it. Um, but a successful season, that whole NFC East, you know, got three teams into the divisional. So, yeah. And then on the flip side, Eagles, of course, uh, I've got them going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys share that same mentality, but this team is probably the best team in the NFL. One very Mm. obviously, I think they're going to be one of the best two teams in the NFL because I think they're going to (laughs) make it to the Super Bowl. They, this, they are talented in every 
facet of what they're doing. Their offense has looked absolutely nuclear when it wants to, and their defense is stout as hell. So, like, they're doing it, and they're doing it really, really well. When you when you win a game 38-7 to in your divisional round, you got a damn yeah. good team. Yeah, that is that was an ass-kicking. Real quick, since you said they're the best, I agree. Eagles okay. are one. So if we rank the four remaining teams, we have Eagles one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bengals two. Yes. Matt? I've, I, I would, I'd be interested to say San Francisco there. I think Brock Purdy is obviously the question mark. Uh, you know, if you have an experienced quarterback at the helm in San Francisco, I think it would you know, offer a little bit let's more pause solid this conversation. Footing. Let's pause. I don't mean in rugby, Scotty. Let's have this conversation at the end of the podcast okay. because I want to cover the rest of these games beforehand. So, but I do love this question. I, we will answer it, but let's let's answer this one at the end. So anything else we need to cover in this game? Very obviously, it was a blowout, and the Eagles looked awesome. No. Yeah, Eagles are awesome. That's it. Okay, fly, Eagles, fly. Um, let's move it. Let's go to the Bengals versus the Bills. A lot to talk about here. Bengals win this one 27 to 10. Wow. I, you know, I, I think I had the Bengals win in this game. I don't, I think you guys both had the Bills win in this game. Um, tough outing yeah. for Bills. Bills Mafia is down bad. <clears throat> I would like to defend myself in that because if you read oh, the preview Lord. article, <laughs> I specifically said, <laughs> I want the Bills to win because I do not want the Chiefs to play the Bengals. And that's why I'm choosing the Bills to win. So I covered myself there. It wasn't it's kind of objective like analysis. Trying to do with his money line on the Bengals this week, but that's no, no, crazy. that's way different because I am not betting on the Chiefs to lose. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. No, okay, uh, whatever. Uh, okay, <laughs> I did not see. I did not see this coming. Um, I, you know, the everything was shaping up. Buffalo just shit the bed. Let's just say it yeah. like it is. They completely they shit the bed. Are they twenty-seven to ten? You play that game five times. I don't know. Maybe the beginning of that game in Cincinnati kind of looked like the Bengals were going to score at will every time anyways, before the DeMar Hamlin stuff happened. Like they drove they're they they driving yeah. again. And then he got hurt and that kind of ended everything. So I don't know if the bills are just going to get demolished twice by the Bengals. I don't know. Um, I don't know where the bills go from here. Uh, that game was, I don't know what they, what they do. I don't know where I think that's where their fan base is thinking too. Like this was a great team. We started the season Super Bowl favorites. We were Super Bowl favorites all through the season. We get to the playoffs. We almost lose to Skyler. And and then, you know, this happened. So that was a really big red flag for me is that Dolphins game. That was a huge red flag because you're playing against a third string quarterback. And yes, while there's other talented assets on that field, the quarterback is a huge. He's the director of the play. Right. And if he's able to to get things done, that's somewhat worrisome for me. And, and that's what and that's what happens. So you ask the question, where do they go from here? That's a damn good question. And I, I, I don't I don't think there's a concrete answer as far as we need to fix this. Right. Because there is so much talent all around the board. Very obviously, you're not going to move on from Josh Allen because he is a great quarterback. Wide receiver wise, you're set and, run, I, you know, what do you do? Right. Because there's no there's no finger to point at any specific situation and say this was the reason we lost this game. They got outplayed. That's what happened. They got well, outplayed. I mean, there are a couple things you can point to. I mean, number one, Josh played bad. I mean, he played, especially when you compare it to his best, where, we, where we've seen him at in his career, he played bad. And the other finger pointer that I would make is 
we we know how bad the Bengals offensive line is and they have like one player I think who started the season that was starting this game on the offensive line so they're injury ridden they've been bad for two straight seasons they sacked Joe Burrow one time so they made no attempt to get any pressure on this offense and to and to force Joe Burrow into bad situations they let Mixon run all over them he had over 100 yards rushing um the, the, the line at uh, at Buffalo really let them down defensively. I think they could have made a lot of waves if they had played well. Sure, but they still – yeah. The, the, I, the, the play calling I, I in this that. game – the play calling in this game was also amazing from the Bengals. You know, they they, they were running co- things. They're, they were keeping – yeah, they, they got out coached. If you want to circle something, that Bill's coaching staff – if we, I know we talked about this in episodes past about losing, losing Dable. Like how integral was Dable to everything they were doing? Sure. And you look at what happened. They looked kind of lost. They looked clueless. Josh Allen looked un- unsure of himself. And you rewind even to last year in that divisional game against the Chiefs when they were just, we know what we're doing. We know the plays we're running. We're executing and we're going. And not much changed from that team. And if you look yeah. at 13 seconds away from going to the AFC championship and losing, and then they get into this game and then they just get run over. Like if I'm a, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm a little nervous just because I feel like we're going, we're trending now. Now we're trending in the wrong direction. And you look at, you know, what players look like and what motivates them. And if I'm a player, even on that team, like we don't look any closer than we did two years ago. We look sure. kind of further away. And now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Well, you bring this up, Stefan Diggs, he cleared out his locker and left before uh, some of the coaches had even got back into the locker room. Running back Duke Johnson had ran out, convinced him to come back in. So Stefan Diggs runs back into the locker room, he stays there very briefly, and then he exits again. Mm-hmm. He's very frustrated, very obviously, and I think that's a show of it. So what are your guys' yeah. takes? Well, the, the crybaby meter in Buffalo is off the charts right now w- between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Those guys, I mean, they wear their emotions on their sleeve. Obviously, they're hard workers who want to win. They're tough competitors. But, man, they when the second something doesn't go their way, they are perfectly willing to throw a temper tantrum on live TV. As you saw Stefan Diggs, even before they went into the locker room, screaming at Josh Allen, throwing his hands in the air on the sideline in front of their home crowd. Um, it's just not a good look. Like, they're very obviously frustrated. They feel the organization is kind of standing on shaky ground. And we say that even though they're a great team and they have great talent. But it's obvious that uh, these guys don't know how to stay measured and composed. And I know it sounds kind of like a, like I'm – being nitpicky but when you see a reaction like that from josh allen where he's throwing balls at people or screaming at people or pushing people over on on the field or you see stefan diggs throwing a temper tantrum on the sideline okay how are you going to react when you're in game and something doesn't go your way like we need you to have a level head we need you to play this game like a professional and they very clearly aren't willing to do that at least some of the time i'm okay with them a little bit of emotion like especially in a game like this like if you're talking regular season and and the game maybe doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, okay, there's some conversation to be had. But in a game like this, I'm okay with a little bit of emotion. I'm okay with Stefan Diggs getting upset and wanting to leave because I think about it from from my own perspective and how I would react, right? Like, you very obviously are a leader on this team. You want to succeed. You are working day in and day out to succeed, and you want the absolute best. So I'm okay with a little bit of emotion. This game is an emotional game, period. Like there, right. yes, at, at times, maybe there's too much emotion involved, but at the end of the day, this is an emotional game just as much as it is anything else. There is, a, and, and for that the, reason, the, I'm okay with it. The only thing I'll say, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like I, 
I understand the emotion. Diggs was also yelling on the sidelines. We're not sure if it was at Josh or at the offensive coordinator. Mm. I would like to think it's at the offensive coordinator for what they were drawing up. It was kind of odd how they started the game. It was just very, very unbills-like sure. start to the game all the way around. But there is precedent because Diggs was acting this way towards the end of his Vikings stay, where he got very mm-hmm. publicly frustrated, was not happy, wanted to go. Not saying he's going to leave the Bills because I think where's he? What else? Where else is where he going to go to maximum? Right. Where else is he going to go? Sure. But I think he has he set a precedent where he gets unhappy, and if this goes into the offseason and he's very unhappy, or they don't change up the coaching staff, you could see them being kind of stuck, and it mm. could torpedo the team even further. I hope they sort it out. They it's again going back to my previous statements on the last the last game with the the Jags, or whatever. It's in a vacuum, like. Yes, you got your ass kicked in one game. It was to the Bengals. They're playing really well. Mm-hmm. They just outcoached you and outplayed you. Sometimes that shit happens. You know, you were still one of the top teams in the AFC. Like, I, you're not that far away, but it yeah, feels right. like you're far away, right? Like that feeling. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh damn it, we just want to win one. We're so far. I think. But- right. I think it would. It would ultimately have to. I want to see some changes in the coaching staff. I want to see some the the coaches because I like we just stated. I think they got outcoached, and I think that's mm-hmm. a really large part of it. Very obviously, like you said, where else would Stefan Diggs go where he is? They are going to have a chance to compete. He's in one of the he's in a very good spot situationally mm-hmm. for him to to try and chase a ring. And that's what he wants to do. I'm fine with it. Yet he mentioned in our text that that Josh Allen uh, maybe is is the Philip Rivers to the Manning era mm-hmm. where Mahomes always pretty good, always quite pretty good, good but never quite good enough. Let's see what happens here. I, I think that, you know, we we talked about Dable being with the Bills. Josh Allen, he's led the league in turnovers this year. Mm-hmm. Like that is 100 percent the case. And it was it was actually kind of funny. My my mother, who is a Chiefs fan, I said, you want to play the Bills. You don't want to play the Bengals next week. You want to play the Bills. I said, Josh Allen's turn. And, she, you know, she was asking me, OK, Bills, Bengals, who's going to win this game? I said, the Bengals are going to win this game. I said, Josh Allen's leading the yeah. league in turnovers, baby. And and that's probably part of it. Does Dable play a part in that? Maybe. Because he seems he's, like he does. I, I, would, I would say <laughs> it's hard to say not. It's hard to say. Right. He didn't. Exactly. He's got two teams now where he completely changed that record. And then when he left one, the record came right back. Like yeah. it's it seems like it's not just unlucky. Yeah I, yeah, I think some coaching has to be or has has something to something to do with that, probably. So mm-hmm. Bengals, Bengals Chiefs, baby. We've covered both these games now. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking yeah. the Bengals. Matt's gonna ride on his blind optimism. So put your uh, straight. put your darkest sunglasses <laughs> on because it's gonna you're gonna be in for a hell of a ride. Mm. I, I truth be told, you know, I, I I don't really necessarily care about either of these teams. Mm. So I, I I'm looking at this with no bias whatsoever. The Bengals, I think, are gonna win this game. I think that that is realistically what is going to happen. The Bengals, much like we've we discussed with the Eagles, the Bengals look like the most complete team. They yeah. do. And, I mean, and, they, and go ahead, Alan. I was just going to say, yeah, they they have the most weapons of a lot of these teams left. And we were talking about ranking, which we'll do here at toward, at the end of the show. But like they have three legit, like number one ish receivers that they can that they can go out there. I have a good tight end. Their offensive line. I don't know what to make of it because everybody says it sucks. 
And that was the same thing we heard last year. Their offensive line sucks. Their offensive line sucks. But yeah, they still made it to the Super Bowl and they were really close to winning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think they just float that out there so everybody like has a false sense of security about playing the Bengals. Because <laughs> I'm just guessing they're actually just all really good at this point. I don't know what else to <laughs> uh, say. If they were really good, they wouldn't give up like five sacks a game throughout yeah. all of last year and most of this year. Well, Except for the Bills. They couldn't figure it out, I guess. But yeah, and the Bills pass rush, non-existent. I know Von Miller wasn't playing, but even in that mm-hmm. game, it was just very odd how they could generate no rush. And they stayed back in a zone, so you didn't rush, but then you just let these three number one wide receivers just zigzag all over the field and do whatever they wanted. Like, very odd, and they can run the ball. And they have mm-hmm. two running backs that can absolutely pound the ball. So on offense, they're stacked. Defense, they are they are definitely stacked. Very I stacked. think that D-line is, is amazing. Um I'm not surprised they beat the Bills. I'm surprised they beat the Bills handily. And as a Chiefs fan, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. can we do better than 27 to 10? Please, God, let us just do better than 20, 27 to I 10. think that's an admirable goal to shoot for. But I, I think that if you don't, the narrative can be spun in your favor. Patrick Mahomes was hurt. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I think regardless, and I'm just going to say this, I think that even if Patrick Mahomes was healthy, I think you still lose this game. But I think, I think yeah. him getting hurt was the nail in the coffin for me to not even to just say, yeah, the Bengals. It's this yeah. game's not even going to be nearly as interesting as I thought it could be. Yeah. Right. Well, and and the, the way you beat the Bengals is by pressuring Joe Burrow. Obviously, they're susceptible to that. We've seen that over the course of time. And even in the preview article that I wrote, I said the way the Bills win this game is by pressuring and pressuring and pressuring Joe Burrow, get him on the turf before he can get the ball to his weapons. The Chiefs have to do the same thing. Their secondary is not very good. These two receivers and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to eat them up if they give Jamar Ch- or if they give uh, Joe Burrow all day to throw the ball. So they have to pressure the quarterback. The defense is just as important in this game as Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah, the defense has to win this game. Mahomes, like, not not that Mahomes can't. I think the defense has to win this game. It has to yeah, be a decided defensive game if the Chiefs have a shot, which which I, is not not a good position to be in as Chiefs fans. No, not at <laughs> all. Negative. Uh, last thing we'll touch on on this game, Mike Florio, he tweeted and said that the Bengals have the 27th overall pick in the upcoming draft. And then he said, if Bajan is there with a little shrug emoji, I just wanted to touch on this for fantasy purposes I don't think there's any way in hell that the Bills would draft Bajon Robinson. I don't will think Bajon, that is. Will he be there at 27? Do you think he'll be there at 27? I don't know because I I don't, I've so. kind of been. I and I, the problem is, is right now nobody has traded up yet, and so we really don't know exactly what the what the exact picks are going to look like. But if the picks stay that the way that they are now, and we know that they're not going to, but if they did, I still don't. Even if he did fall. 27th to the bills i don't think the bills would take him like i think james cook is their future and i think they know that and i think that they were probably looking for youth on other places and i'm not saying james cook is better than Bajan robinson but what i'm saying is james cook is usable and we've seen that and i think i personally believe as i have stated quite a few times on this podcast i think james cook is their future running back there if, if you're if you're the if you're bills gm you're there on draft night what position do you draft first round what do you think they what do you think what do you think they should go for not what they will do what do you think they should go for not knowing how it shakes out, you just get the option. That's tough because I, I like looking at positional needs where they could use some help. I think if they could find a good pass rusher, that would be definitely big. Like Scotty said, that's one of the focal points that they really did not, they really didn't crush in this game. Defensively, I, I think that offensively, you're fine. Gabe Davis is young; he's 23. Stephon Diggs is an aging asset, but goddamn, is he one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? So both those guys are solid. 
You sign Cole Beasley, so maybe look for a youthful wide receiver if you can find one, if they're still there. Um, they don't need a running back very obviously. They don't no. need a quarterback. Like I think you kind of you you maybe look towards your defense, and depending upon who's there, maybe a D lineman, maybe an outside backer. I'm not sure. Mm. I, I'm really now, not sure. A I haven't lot done of enough the, homework on it to to concretely say. Yeah, a lot of the D linemen I think are going to be gone early. I think a lot of the edge rushers and and down guys on the defensive front are going to be the first ones off the board this year. There are a lot of good options and a lot of teams in need. So I don't think they would go that route just because of the quality that's going to be left on the board in the first round. Um, so I agree. I, I think maybe picking up another young wide receiver who's talented they can use in that slot position. Um, you know, the big the big if you if you're looking at the Buff- Buffalo's offense, obviously outside of Josh Allen's you know, affinity for turning the ball over, one of the biggest problems that they have is that they seem to rely so heavily on the deep ball, right? They they almost don't have any intermediate passing game, and that's why they brought Cole Beasley on. He actually, even though he wasn't used all that much, he does provide a little bit of a safety valve there where they have a reliable pass catcher that can run eight-yard routes and 10-yard routes and be a possession-wide receiver. But shouldn't that I think be if they can find some... Is? Like, shouldn't uh, that, like, from a positional standpoint in his build, like, shouldn't he not play more of a slot role than what he's doing? I don't know. I, I think he's he's proven that he is an effective possession guy on the outside. And, I you know, he's he's had big games because of that. I think Stefan Diggs actually fits more of the mold of that of that kind of position, high speed player that they can put in and make catches. But Stefan Diggs has also kind of been that deep guy. And maybe it's just the offensive scheme where they could say, use Isaac either coaching. of those. And I think that's I think it's coaching. I, I think, think Dorsey, is. I think Ken Dorsey, though, see, I think he fa- falls in love with Josh Allen's arm, which. I mean, he can chuck it. It's very accurate. But you could see how weird was that, that the game is in Buffalo and the Bills did not look prepared to play in the snow. I think if Brian you Dable. draft anything, if you get a thing, you you draft a lineman and you run that fucking ball. You run I think that that's part of it. I think, I think you, you need to establish the run game. I think that's very important. Danny Dimes only threw five picks this year with Brian Dable. And I don't know where that ranks on the chart for turnovers, but it's got to be towards the bottom for the quarterbacks. And so for that reason, like I, I truth be told, I think a lot of this has to do with coaching. And I think we need to see some new new faces in that staff room in order for the bills to find the success that they're looking for, because I think the talent is there. there, there there's a lot of people going into the free agent market here, though, that I do just want to touch on Jordan Boyer, Tremaine Edmonds. Devin Singletary, I don't believe, is going to be back. They're losing two D linemen. So unless they re-sign some of these guys, like they're going to be gone, and they're going to have some holes defensively that they need to fill. They're losing two O linemen, which is worth of note. So it's going to be interesting. But and I don't, I think with a first round pick, you're probably going to see a defensive player off the board, and that's just my thought. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's also an interesting point though, because if they hypothetically were to get Bajan and he was better able to help them establish that running game, which is what they desperately need to do. It's it's the same thing that we talk about with the Chiefs. They look so much better when they're balanced, and you open up your outside weapons so much more when you're balanced. And even though James Cook is a great player, I think he's great on the outside. He's great as a pass-catching back. Um, You know, If they can get someone who is effective running between the tackles, that may be a key for them. And I I don't necessarily disagree but i think the they're not going to want to spend the draft capital on that when they have they already have a young guy that they have kind of they didn't spot start james cook this year right they it was devin singletary and then towards the end of the season we started to see cook get more acclimated in this offense and i think they wanted to slow roll him into it i just think with all the other needs that this team is going to face in the offseason depending upon what decisions they make as far as re-signings go 
they're going to have some holes to fill. And I think running back is maybe not their biggest concern in that era. So we'll see. We'll see. And right. Like it's a little, little soon to tell. Let's talk about the 49ers versus the Cowboys. And I'm very, very excited to talk about this game. We'll start it off. Tony Pollard left the game with a fractured fibula that will require surgery. Okay. So he's an unrestricted free agent this upcoming year for fantasy purposes. He looked way better than Z all year long. Tony Pollard was the RB one for this team and old man, Jerry would not let Tony run with the offense. Wink, wink. So they re-sign him next year. Obviously this is a, a huge devastating blow for Tony. This is not what you want as an unrestricted free agent in your last game to have a broken limb that you need to fix. So May now his price tag may not be as great as it once was. And that's, that's kind of problematic. So there's like, I would say if this didn't happen, there's a good chance he doesn't wear a Cowboys uniform next year, but depending upon what the price is now for him, is there a chance he comes back? You guys think if they can for the right price? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I do think that this injury is a big deal. I think this is going to impact his prospects by quite a bit. Sure. And I, I also agree with you. I think it increases the likelihood that he comes back as a cowboy um, just because, and I don't know the history no. of this particular injury. I don't know, you know, do, do running backs <laughs> in particular who take, who take these big hits all the time are, is this something that they're concerned about for their career? Is this something they come back and they're basically a hundred percent? I have no idea. So it's going to depend also on the, you know, the recovery time frame and all that stuff. And We're whether or not break he feels hundred percent. Scotty, with all yeah, the other gonna, things you've done for uh, this team, or this, yeah. this leather brains team this year, yeah, as far as injuries are concerned, if you could break your fibula, let us know what you're feeling like three or four months out. That would be a huge yeah. service to us in our analytics. I will our say analysis. if the Chiefs beat the Bengals by the same score that the Bengals beat the Bills, I'll let you break my fibula however you want. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Lord I just did a quick Google Does that cost search. more than $30,000? I don't know. Ah. Well, it's ended- <laughs> It says uh, you need some degree of protection for 10 to 12 weeks and then another month to fully rehabilitate. So that's the, so about, that's not too bad. About four three months, months, three or four months. Okay. Um, that's Tony Pollard news. Brent Murray missed another extra point to start this game. I don't it think blocked. Ch- it was blocked, it, no, but okay. it looked like it was going to miss, miss anyway. It was going to miss. <laughs> well, do not say that. It okay. Was Nostradamus. What else is going to happen? <laughs> It it did it look like it was going to be his worst. It looked like it was going to be his worst miss yet. It was like before it was blocked. It, it might have hit some guy in like the concessions, the like yeah. way off yeah. to the left. The popcorn guy on. walking yeah. down the fucking aisle. Yeah. It was bad. Brett Maher was is probably not going to kick another <laughs> anything. Although he did, <sighs> he found he kicked a field goal. I don't have the yardage, but he did he kick a couple. Goal. And he yeah, made a couple of big ones. Uh, maybe it's just how yeah. close. Like he just gets nervous up close. Yeah, he might have astigmatism. He's a long schlong like, guy. He just yeah, gets it's blurry like, the closer he is. Yeah. yeah, he can shoot threes. He just can't hit any layups. He's, he's cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Kyle Corver of football. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh That's shit! After this game, like I said, the Cowboys lost this game. 12 to 19 Jerry Jones was asked after the game if Mike McCarthy's future was in jeopardy in which he responded no not at all I think that's fair I don't know if you guys agree with that Sean Sean Payton calls and says I want to coach the Cowboys 
I think they get rid of his ass. I don't think they. Cowboys, the Cowboys can't they, afford no. it. Yeah, I was gonna say they can't. That's afford probably it. They can't true. even afford it. <laughs> no. Even if they wanted to, they don't have the money. That's like yeah, they're just no, like, they don't have the it. money. They don't have the capital. Like Sean Payton, they they want. I believe it's like a first and then some <clears> other shit. Well, let let me tell you this though, because um, the Cowboys now have had 12, 12 straight playoff appearances where they didn't make it to the conference championship. Twelve straight. Yeah, they're in trouble. It's it's hard to win in the NFL. It is hard to win. I'm surprised they made it this far. And I tweeted on my own personal account last night before the game, and I said, hey, look, I hope the Cowboys lose because no matter what, they're going to lose next week to the Eagles. So let's just let's get the the pain over with now. Cowboys fans are fucking obnoxious, and I don't want to have to listen to them all whine and cry when the Eagles beat them. So let's get the beat a week early. Let's just let the pain (laughs) settle in right now so we can move on. And that's what happened. I was, and I'm glad I was excited to see him lose. Yeah, yeah I, I was too. I'm not, I, I, there are teams that I am very neutral with chiefs being one of them. There are teams that I will root for. And there are teams that I will never root for. And the Cowboys are one of them. I will never root for the Cowboys. Um, yeah, there, there was one member of the leather brains that picked him to win, which will remain nameless. We won't dig mm, into who exactly that was, but I thought, <laughs> I thought this person that picked the Cowboys to win. Yeah. Um, was on to something. I thought we, there was going to be, it was me. I thought we we're going to see more. <laughs> Bro- I thought we we're going to see Brock Purdy makes. <laughs> I thought we were going to see Brock Purdy make a few more mistakes. He, sure. he made the throws he needed to make. It wasn't, he didn't, he didn't lose them the game. That's what right. that happened here. He just let, he just but he let win Dak fub- No, he just let Dak play with his dick for a little bit all over the field and just like yeah. make yeah. some mistakes. Like that's all he did. He just got out of the way and let the Cowboys make the mistakes he needed to win. That was that. Well, way. and to be fair, he he probably should have thrown a couple picks that just weren't actually caught right. by the defense, and that could have turned the tide on the whole game. But again, the the whole thing here is like it's been all season. As long as Dak Prescott's in the game, how many picks does he throw? And he tried to throw like five picks. He, they only caught two of them, but they he like there should have been five interceptions from Dak Prescott in this game because I don't know what the hell he's seeing. He's just throwing the ball right into the breadbasket of the defense like every other play. I just don't understand. And he has not gone more he has not had two consecutive games this season without a turnover all season. If I was Jerry Jones, Oh, a lot of things would be different. But if I was Jerry Jones, I would cool. walk into the lie would be really cool. Uh, except I'd be really close to death, and that wouldn't be as cool. True, um, but you'd be I really would, that's, uh, There's pros and cons. Oh, I would yeah, walk okay. into the locker room, and I would look at Mike McCarthy, and I would say, hold out your hand. And he would hold his hand out, and I would walk over, and I would smack it real quick. And I'd say, what the fuck was that play at the very end of the game where you put Zeke <laughs> at center? Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? And if you watch that, Zeke got fucking destroyed. Yeah, that was, was absolutely hilarious. epic. Well, and what's what's funny is that like when I first saw Zeke lining up at center, I'm like, okay, you know, they, they want some dynamic players out there so they can lateral it around and, and have a chance to make something happen. But then you look over to the sideline and they still have all of their offensive linemen <laughs> on the field. Like, and it's like, okay, if you're gonna put Zeke at center and have him try and block. At least, oh, like, so give funny. everyone, like, like put all your receivers and shit out there. Yeah. But they put all their offensive linemen away from the pass rush and then told Zeke good luck. Yeah, it was like the OC just yelled, Guardy Lou! And it was just like, <laughs> everybody watch out, we're going. Like, what? It's like, have you ever, did you ever see that movie, The Little Giants? It's an older one. But yeah, there's a scene yeah, in that yeah, where yeah. they're, like, spying on the team. And he's like, 
the quarterback's not even there. The center's in the backfield. The tackle's over here. And then he's like, they're just standing around. That literally looked like he was just like, all right, you guys, let's just try something really funny. And like, yeah. whatever, fuck it. It's the end of he the game. He got his whiteboard even, out. Even if you go back and look at that play, it should have been flagged. Like, there it wasn't even proper alignment. They didn't have the right linemen. They, nobody was aligned correctly. But it's like yeah. the refs are like, let's just see how this plays out because yeah. they're not winning anyways. <laughs> well, what's really funny, too, is that we'll throw the, a flag the 40, the 40 something. The yeah. 49ers called a timeout. And it's they obviously called the timeout because they're like, well, what what the fuck do we do about all this? But it was almost like, hey, Mike McCarthy, man, do you, like we're going to give you a second chance to think about this. <laughs> like, like, do you really, really want to do this? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, fucking stick with it. Let's do it. And then it got blown up by Z or Zeke got blown up. The receiver got immediately blown up and it was just humiliating. I think if Mike <laughs> McCarthy loses his job, Jerry Jones just can't forget this play. He's going to be like, I, Dude, I just Kyle can't, Shanahan at that timeout looked back, at that D lineman and goes, I want you to fucking rock him. Like, yes, coach. And just I want you break him. his. Destroy, fibula too. He goes, I don't care if you get Dak, but destroy Zeke. And he's like, all oh, right, I can do that. What we'll give what you a five yard head start. What a play to just mail it in. Jesus. Like, oh, it was not even like ending kind their of an season. Attempt. Electric. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so well. Hard and also, that. one more thing we have to touch on on a slightly more serious note is uh, the Dalton Schultz missed catch because he didn't step on the field for some reason when he was like four yards in bounds. That would have given them an extra fifteen yards to maybe go for a normal hail mary. Mm. Uh, that that ended up being a big play, and he got their only touchdown yeah. in the game. But it's like, like, dude, if you make that catch, that changes that last play sure. by a lot. No, they were still going to run that play. That was their yeah. last play. They had that. I don't care if we're on the one-yard line. This <laughs> is what we're doing. Zeke is going to snap it. I don't care. We're going to see it. Well, you know, I was like, Jerry had to have had it because he's got a boner for Zeke, and he's like, I want Zeke to well, snap that ball. Yeah, well, Zeke's getting fat enough. He's damn near an offensive I know. You look anyways, at his face, so. and he like if you just show his like his like mugshot versus the one of the linemen's mugshots, you can't Cubby tell bunny. Well, You shove marshmallows <laughs> needs, in your mouth. He, he needs to shave his face and cut his hair. That's the only way he's going to get quicker at this point. That's maybe true. Get a, he's not going to get a helmet yeah. with a real face mask. <laughs> Aerodynamics are real. Okay. 49ers side of things. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan said that Jimmy Garoppolo has an outside chance to be ready for the NFC Championship game if San Francisco were able to advance to it. But that there'd be a better chance for him to be ready for the Super Bowl if the 49ers get there. So, given that news... Let's talk it's about Brock Purdy for a minute. Let's talk about is it because yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd play Jimmy if the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to. I think the Eagles are going to beat them. But I think this could be a fun game. But I think the Eagles will do it. I'm stating that right now. But if the 49ers go to the Super Bowl, you if you were the head coach of the 40, you were Kyle Shanahan. Would you play Jimmy G over over Purdy? No. Not a chance. Okay. No. If, if if anything, you are you would be giving up valuable experience for the guy that may be your future quarterback. And I, you know, you, you he's obviously been doing great. So there's not a whole lot of reason for concern at this point, especially with the way the offense is structured. You're not you're not asking him to play hero ball. You're just asking him to make good pre snap sure. reads, make an accurate five yard throw, and you're and you're golden. Let your defense handle it. Um, but. At the very least, you want him to get this late playoff experience because this is going to be so beneficial down the line in his career, especially if you're planning on potentially sticking with him long term. I agree with that. I think if I had to choose, I don't think Jimmy G sees a field again, regardless. And I, I, I let's talk about this game and Purdy. I don't think Purdy was great. 
I don't no. think Purdy was anything to write home about, but I will say he he made some plays. He had some duds. I think, and you got to understand this too, the Cowboys defense is no fucking joke. Like they're de- oh, they yeah. played a hell of a defensive game, and I'm I was incredibly impressed with how they played this game. Mm-hmm. I point blank, like the 49ers offense is stout. It is hard to cover, and we saw it all game. We saw Usechek line up as an outside receiver. We saw Debo line up as running back. Christian McCaffrey's out wide. Oh, next play, Christian McCaffrey's in the backfield. In, in oh, Elijah Mitchell, they're running an eye formation. Like we saw so many variations and in, in schematic differences in this team that it made it very it, it would make it very hard to cover as a defense. We kind of touched on this last week, but mm. I was just really impressed with the fact that the Cowboys were able to cover the scheme and, and be able to whatever the 49ers threw at them schematically, the Cowboys defense looked like they had an answer for it yeah. for the most part. And, and I was, don't think Brock Purdy didn't, he didn't do great in my opinion. I, I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he did great. I don't think he did bad. I think yeah, the, no, the sure. Cowboys have a championship level defense with whatever they're doing on offense, whatever yeah, better defense want. than the Eagles on paper anyway. Yeah. Well, and you look, I mean, if you look at the numbers that Purdy put up, I mean, it was still over 200 yards. It was yeah, 19 but, to 29. All like his main targets and from the wide receiver side all had over 10 yards or you know, or averaging 10 yards of reception plus. Like, yeah. I, I think he did what he needed to do on some of those. He made some great throws where you're like, okay, like that that's amazing. The and, George Kittle throw was not a great throw. That was a great play by George Kittle. Yes. <laughs> he put it yes. right where it needed to be to make the play. Yeah. But no, I, I I agree with the sentiment. I actually said that in the article we published today is even though they didn't get in the end zone a lot, they only got in the end zone one time, they still put up 330 yards of total offense. Between the two backs, they still had almost 100 yards rushing. Christian McCaffrey had another 22 yards receiving. Like They played exactly how they needed to play as a team with the number one defense in the league. Don't take stupid risks. Just just play it smart. We'll get in scoring position. If we have to take a field goal, we'll take a field goal. We're going to count our, on our defense to make the stop. And that's all they have to do against anybody in the league. And there obviously there are better offenses than Dallas, but you know, you're playing the Eagles. It's the same game plan. Play it smart, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, and play stout defense. They can beat anybody in the league. Yeah. I I, I okay, so let me ask you this, Scotty. You have the Eagles or 49ers this upcoming week. That is uh, still up in the air. I haven't written that article yet. I haven't decided. I think I'm. I think the way I look at it is that both team. I look at both teams very similarly. They're very complete teams. Both solid defenses. Both a lot of weapons on offense. And I think Brock Purdy is the X factor there. And so, given that, I think I would lean toward the Eagles. I I I, I have the Eagles. Alan, who do you got? Eagles. Okay, you got the Eagles as well. I'm so very I solid. Th- this is going to be an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl. I agree. I thought that a couple weeks ago, and I put some money on they, that. Oh, they look ago. the best. So hopefully, that They're works. Playing the best. They are. Both teams are playing well, and and before we even begin to speculate on that, we got to make it to that point. But we don't. Do, uh, Jimmy G's back for the Super Bowl. If that happens, we don't think there's a chance that he he starts. There's no reason to. Don't fix what ain't broken. I agree. And, and right, Jimmy G, where has Jimmy G been? Like, I think that's part of the conversation. He's not on the sideline for these games. He's not cheering his team on and trying to help out. Where's he at? Where would you be if you're super attractive and have a shit ton of money? <laughs> Thailand with my super hot girlfriend. What kind of question is that? I wouldn't be on the sidelines. Like, I'm not going to play here next year. Fuck it. I'm going to be out 
let's see how many like women I can get involved with before I get out of here, out of the Bay Area. If I had the looks of him, I I don't blame him. I wouldn't blame him for it. I don't blame him for it. But in the same respect, you're still part of this team. You're you're potentially your team's going to the Super Bowl. On paper, yeah, on paper paper. he is still there. Why? You're gonna get a ring if they go and they win. Like the ring's coming to you. So you think if they make it to the Super Bowl, he's not gonna be on the sideline for that? Like he I very uh, he's I, well here's the here's the real Kyle question Shanahan just says, get the fuck out <laughs> here's the real question with with him not being on the sideline now and say he doesn't show up for the rest of the playoffs they win the Super Bowl do you think he would ever wear that ring or do you think he would display it or do you think oh, he would yeah. just sell it or throw it in a box somewhere it's just in his oh, it's not real. oh I'd wear it I'd wear it proudly I'd show it off everywhere <laughs> I went I, I did almost nothing for this ring I won some games this season and we won the I Super won, Bowl like what three games check this out. <laughs> After getting benched, yeah, he gets the bonus. You know, they get That's the playoff true. bonuses. That's true. I think just take the money and walk and be pretty. That's all he's <laughs> yeah. got to do. Yeah, it's not hard, man. He's a good looking dude. Okay, I don't have anything else I want to cover in this specific game. Do any of you gentlemen before we get to the end here? No, we're good. I think we covered it. Okay, so let's rank them. As now that we made it okay. to the end, 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals. Who's your number we one? We'll start with you, Alan. Who's your number one? Eagles. Okay, Very clearly it. number one. Eagles number one. Okay. Scotty, you're number one. I think I would also say the Eagles. Okay. I would also say the Eagles is my number one. But I there's an asterisk. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles. I think they're the most complete. I'll, I'll take Eagles as well. So round one complete, round two, Scotty. This is where we're going to differ because I think I would put San Francisco above the Bengals. And the primary reason for that is if you think in a head-to-head matchup, I like this defense against this bad offensive line. I really do. And I think they would eat it up. I think this wouldn't look like the same Bengals offense with the 49ers defense trying to stop them. Okay. I I disagree just on a numbers principle why I put the Bengals ahead. The 49ers struggle with people that can actually pass the ball well and – that's how they've been their thing for the, they can stop the run. Like they won't be able to run, which is what, you know, 99% of the teams want to do. I think if the Bengals were to pass, I just think not going head to head. Cause we, we could go talk ourselves into circles. I just have the Bengals right now, as we sit here as the second best team. Well, least. let me, let me just push back a little bit, not going head to head, but I think when you look at, when head. you look at this, yeah, kind of, uh, when you look at the stat sheet throughout the season, you know, I've been one that's been harping on it all year long. You can pass on the 49ers, but part of the reason for that from a fantasy perspective is because the 49ers are so damn good. You have to pass on the 49ers. So they're they're seeing an outsized number of pass attempts, which is why you're seeing the statistics skewed in this way. And from a fantasy perspective, it doesn't matter. But from a football perspective, hey, I think fantasy matters. Well, I'm saying from a fantasy from a fantasy (laughs) perspective, it is not relevant because you're happy to take the points no matter how the points come. But from a football perspective, you have to look at it as why are these teams passing? And it's because they're losing. And even though the 49ers give up a lot of pass yards, they're also great in the red zone. They don't allow teams to score that often. I really do think that the Bengals are would would struggle. And I think it'd be a great game. uh, But I think the Bengals would lose that game. Well, we won't know. I have the Bengals at number two. Okay. So I also I? have the Bengals at number two. So we're still in. We're still stuck like glue, baby. Number three, Allen. Actually, I'll go number three. Yeah, save me for last. 49ers. I think the 49ers are the third best team, and uh, I, I 
for a lot of the reasons that we've already discussed. They, defensively, they're stout. I think the reason I have the 49ers in third instead of second is Brock Purdy has not been the it guy for me yet. He's not exceptional, but he's also not terrible. He's He's been able – He's he's been plug and played into a systematic offense, and he's done very well in it. And that's that's exciting. I'm happy for him. I think he is doing a good job. But he hasn't done anything that I'm like, oh, shit. Like, in in a lot of other quarterbacks have. I've had one of those oh, shit moments where I'm like, oh, man. Like, they add that extra, quote, it factor. Haven't seen it from Purdy yet. I'm not saying that he doesn't have it. But systematically, he's doing very well. I just think Joe Burrow's a little bit better. I got him at number three. Or this team at number three, in large part, because of Brock Purdy. Scotty, who do you have as your number three team? Bengals. And I, I I agree. I agree with what you said, but ultimately I think San Francisco is kind of the exception to the rule where normally when you're looking at two offenses head to head, it's natural to start comparing quarterbacks. They're the leader of the team. San Francisco, I don't think you have to do that. And it's because it is a systematic we've said offense. That. Yeah. The, the person behind center in that offense matters a whole lot less than the person behind center in every other offense. So that's why I think Brock Purdy is the question mark on that team. He's the one kind of soft spot on both offense and defense, but it also, they have the soft spot in the position that matters probably the least because they have weapons everywhere else. As long as he's competent enough to make a pre snap read, though. he's going to be just fine. And, and, he is. And, and I, you know, you can say what you want about his play, but his reads have been great. They have. And, and it's probably because, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you can take your first read or your second read or your third read. They're all fucking open because they're all amazing athletes. So it, it's probably also in part due to the people around him. But he's been making great pre-snap reads, and sometimes he misses throws, and he's a little bit antsy in the pocket because he's a rookie. But I think he does the job that needs to be done well, well enough to be the number two team. I think you could compare Kyle Shanahan and Brian Dable in some aspects as far as letting their quarterbacks – Making making it easy for their quarterbacks in a lot of different ways, and and I think that is it's very true in this situation because look at the 49ers team when they had Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not a good quarterback, like he's not. He is not a good quarterback, but what he is good at is being put into a systematic offense in which he can do his checkdowns. I think Purdy's better than Jimmy G. And and I think that he deserves a spot in this offense, or at least an argument between him and Trey Lance in this offseason. And I'm sure that's what we're going to see. I, Jimmy G, not Jimmy G, Purdy and, and Lance. But Jimmy G is not great. I, and Kyle Shanahan, I think, is good at making it easy for his quarterbacks to not make mistakes, which is very, very important. So, Alan, you're number three. Uh, the 49ers. 49ers, okay. You don't. We need to alleviate on the, or extend on that. No, goal. we are. We already. I have a. I have an exercise for us to run at the very, very end here. On uh, so yeah, I was side. just gonna. I was just gonna leave the podcast before we got to number four because I didn't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's I got Chiefs. something for us at the very end. It's the Chiefs. Okay. The Chiefs are. Yeah, we all, we all, it's <laughs> at number four. It's mainly because of their defense. If you look at the top yeah. three, we trust their defenses way more than we trust the Chiefs' defense. Right? Like yeah. across yeah. the board. Okay, really 100%. quick. One one quick exercise. Um, it's not a slide against. You know, whatever. They're the fourth best team of the four. Okay. So I pulled up the team defense in sack totals for the year. Okay. Of those four remaining teams, I want you to just, without looking anything up, who do you think would be one, two, three, and four in sack totals on a list of NFL teams, one through 32? Who would You're, show up first, most second, sacked? third, or fourth? 
or no, it gives out get the most. The mo- gives out the most. The defense that pressure okay. gets the most. Who's number one out of the four? Eagles. Chiefs, I, I think Bengals. I think Niners. Because you're asking this question, it makes me feel like it's a trick. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. They are not number one. Damn. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think. I was either. trying to read the question asker. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. I'm but not gonna there's something Chiefs. in here. Okay. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Eagles. Eagles are number one. 70 sacks this year. Jesus. Led the NFL. Wow. Uh, who shows up second on the list? Well, it's actually the number two team overall in the NFL, which are the Chiefs at 55 sacks. Mm. So quite the difference, but they are number two. Uh, if we scroll down, 49ers are 11th in the NFL in sacks. Mm. The Bengals are all the way down at 29th in sacks this year, which is very interesting when I was looking at that overall. But that's just sacks. That's one dimension to the... uh, Yes, sacks are important because it shows that you're pressuring the quarterback, but there's also other avenues in which you could look at turnovers. You could look at just pressures itself. So there is other stats. It is interesting, but I do just want to state for all of our listeners out there that that is not the end-all, be-all, de facto (laughs) statistic for if a defense is good or not. Right. And if you look at interceptions, it goes Niners, and then Niners are number one in Mm. getting interceptions. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, well, and and to to dig into that stat a little bit more, like putting the Chiefs at number two. Obviously, you, you, we we have some good front four. Like we have we have a couple good players that are that are uh, mean and they can get stuff done. But again, the Chiefs are a high powered offense with the best quarterback in football, so they're going to be playing teams who pass more mm-hmm. than average. So mm-hmm. it's it's makes sense that they have more opportunities to pressure the quarterback in that way. Okay, that I was agree. a fun game. That was yeah, a bunch cool. of fun games. I love playing games. And I also love drinking whiskey, and I am just about out. So that means we mm. are, have to finish the show. Are you drinking water over there? No, it's vodka. Yeah. I ran out of whiskey. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> what are we, in college? Yeah. Yeah. Free Skull vodka. Check this out. <laughs> it's handmade. Yeah, it's I like Donald. Tito's. Tito's is good. Tito's is fine, but I wouldn't drink it straight. I'm not a fucking animal. Yeah. We've given some. You don't have lemonade ads. over there you could throw in it? No, I, I put some uh, I put some uh, clear American water in it. That no free ads. Terrible. <laughs> I love clear well, American, it's, but it's put, delicious. Blackberry. Put, oh my Warm God. black cherry clear. No, American. no, no. It's cold with ice. I mean, it's the ice is melted now, but it was cold. I love it. It's still gross. I love it. Listen, right, guys, it was it. a good decision. That's it. This, we're getting very far out of conversation here. That's it, everybody. If this is your first time in. Here at Leather Brains, welcome aboard. You are officially a brainiac. And we do greatly appreciate all of your continued support. If you want to give us an ad, we would be more than happy to accept your money because Scotty needs better internet. And that's all. That's it. That is all that we have. My last recommendation to all of you before we get going is go over on our Twitter profile, click the link on our Twitter profile, and go subscribe to our Substack where Scotty has been ever so busy writing things for you guys free of charge completely free it will get emailed directly to your email so my hands have been bleeding so i need some positive feedback for positive reinforcement yeah go support scotty and go support us and what we're doing and uh the fantasy conversations will be had rest assured we have all off season to dissect fantasy football so if you're dying for fantasy football we've got some articles that are already in the works over for our buy lows and our targets for fantasy this off season. 
and we're going to have a lot of fantasy football conversations in the offseason. But right now, there's still football. And while we have all this time in the offseason to talk about fantasy, let's try, let's talk about football. So that's what we're doing. So that's it. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. And we are out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.